0: I got notes and everything, baby.
1: Oh, look out! That is actually Can't just showing just as, a white a, as, a, as a white
0: screen. That's so... a white screen. That is a white screen.
1: <laughs> I got notes and everything. Uh, there we holds go. Up a, there we go. I got notes and everything. Blank piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, the notebook doesn't come with the notes. You gotta, you gotta put those in.
0: Uh... That's why I struggled so much in high school in math. I, I like the rants. Ranting is fun. Also, makes it cleanses the soul.
1: Uh, Detroit is to be one of the best sports cities in the country, if not the best. Surely Javi can't be as bad this year as he was last year. Surely that can't be the case. One of the
0: worst offenses, if not the worst offense, like in the modern era of baseball, just absolutely atrocious, he is a piece of the puzzle. He is not the entire puzzle. Right. He's a puzzle piece, but he is not the entire puzzle.
1: This is the Michigan and Trumbull Podcast with your hosts, Alex S. Freeman and Luke Giaconis. Hello and welcome to the Michigan and Trumbull Podcast. I'm Alex Freeman, joined as always by Luke Giaconis. Luke, uh, we're, we're late this week. Apologies to everybody um, for that. But the reason we wanted to do that is because we didn't want to record a whole bunch of trade deadline speculation, drop the episode on Monday, and then be completely wrong um, about everything we said. So instead, we've waited. Um, it is now Wednesday evening, 5 o'clock p.m. The trade deadline was yesterday uh, at 6 p.m. We have all the information that we could have, and now we will say a bunch of um, asinine, incorrect things. I'm sure, hmm. uh, but at least we're fully informed as we do it. So, so there's that, uh, Luke. Now that I've timestamped the show, how are you?
0: I am doing well. We are at hump day, so to speak, of the week. So we're we're all just getting through, but uh, everything is good. Um, personal life, everything is good. It's great. Life is great there. My my tiger's life continues every week we do this just to be just unraveling more and more each episode <laughs> that we do but you know hey what can i say i'm not the president of the detroit tigers but someone is or is he who knows we'll find out
1: who who can say really um so the tigers uh, against the pirates um looked uh, kind of pathetic yesterday um uh won this afternoon uh, i think i think we can now safely get rid of maybe they will make a run um <laughs> conversation at this point in the season uh mo- mostly because it it feels like the twins have gotten their life together and are are yeah, going to to play barely above 500 baseball the rest of the way um which is going to be more than enough to win this division um, especially after, I don't think the guardians got better yesterday. Um, no, they were, they were uh, trading
0: away pieces.
1: So I think savali is gone.
0: Josh the, Bell,
1: the twins are now, uh, probably feeling very safe to, to win this division. And I don't know that anyone's going to put together a charge to, to come get them.
0: Mm, don't count out the Royals. They won on a walk-off balk last night, if I'm not mistaken. That's, hands you the, know, that's the New a good York point. Mets, who I'm, I'm sure I'm sure we'll talk about the Mets too at some point on this episode because, mm-hmm. I mean, things are pretty pathetic right now being a Tigers fan, but, you know, at least they didn't spend 90 plus million, whatever it was, to try to bring in a couple Hall of Famers just to have it blow up in their face like the Mets. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, yes, I agree with what you're saying. I think the whole fanciful you know, optimism of maybe they make a run, and since the central so putrid, maybe they just sneak in. I think those, I think those actually died about a week or two ago. For me, those died after the Padres series. Um, they just didn't play well that series. They won that one game makeup against the Giants. They get swept by the Angels. They lose two out of three to the Marlins, and then they split this two-game mini series against the Pirates. So, to me, honestly, that that kind of hypothetical fell you know went out the window almost two weeks ago but then again and I, i'm sure i'm gonna only just have no one to blame but myself they play the twins i think it's like seven times over the next three weeks or something like that you know what's gonna mm-hmm. happen is we're gonna be like yeah this is done the twins they're gonna finally fit and then the tigers are gonna win like five out of those seven games and we're gonna get to the end of august and they're like oh they're three and a half out they're four and a half out uh what do we do now so but i'm gonna just say that that doesn't happen i'm just gonna be a big negative Negative idiot today on the show and say that that doesn't happen and that it's over, it's dead, it's done. Look forward to 2024. I mean, there are so many issues with this team right now. They're on the field, they're off the field, they're in the front office, they're in the minor leagues. Like, I wish so badly it was just one issue where it's like, we really need to get some pitching. Like, once we get some pitching, yeah. our problems are solved. But there's problems on defense. There's problems on offense. There are problems with the starters. There's health concerns. There's coaching concerns. There's a president concern now. There's always been an ownership concern because we know Chris Illich is a goddamn dummy. But, I mean, yeah, it's just there's there's a lot of questions, not nearly enough answers, and it's just one big headache. And I did one of our post games on TikTok today, and I said – and i'm just i'm going to say it bluntly and i think you and i are on the same page with this i'm already counting down the days to the nfl season like i'm this is i'm excited to go because we're going to detroit at the end of september and we're going to see miggy's final couple of games at Comerica. if we mm-hmm. weren't doing that this season would be fully off my radar now that the deadline has come and gone if we didn't have the miggy stuff going on this would be a complete wipe my hands enjoy august and september get ready for the nfl season and that'd be that but with miguel cabrera you know calling it a career I, i'm staying kind of a little bit more plugged in and obviously because we do the show and everything's staying plugged in but even if the miggy stuff wasn't going on, i would still watch but it would not be appointment i watched the pirates game today like why why did i do that even if they won, yeah. great but even the one even the win kind of felt like a loss in a weird way so now
1: luke uh now that you've said all that i'm going to five tigers games uh, between wow. now and the end of the season, because I will be at all three at Yankee Stadium, uh, mm-hmm. hoping to hoping to break my streak and maybe see a Tigers win. That's uh, right. Oh, I forgot they haven't at the Yan- Yeah, they didn't win.
0: Yeah, what are they? I think we have to look at your numbers. I think you're, aren't you? Oh, eight.
1: Yeah, I think that sounds right. Because maybe Owen, you were at
0: the game last 7? year, if I remember correctly. You were. Correct me if I'm wrong. Weren't you at? Well, you went to all the games last year, right?
1: Yeah, I have. I have not actually missed a Tigers game at Yankee Stadium since I moved to New York. And you
0: were at that abysmal Friday night baseball game on Apple when they pitched Elvin Rodriguez, and they like yeah. lost. 14 or 13 to nothing yeah. i remember watching that and be like i remember i was watching the game on a friday night i was like what a loser i am i was like i'm not even at the game and i'm still watching i was like this is he's gonna say i was play, i was at
1: man. least like in the stadium watching the game right. you you had <laughs> right. the play you no had a, you you could have stayed in the apple tv app and had Plenty of viewing options to watch. <laughs>
0: had a better evening. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. God, Elvin. And,
1: Calvin and I stayed the whole time. The I stayed the whole time. I was there, though. I was there. That's a, hey, that's a good the, fan. The that's a, pit, I'll give. First pitch to the last that's pitch. That's a good
0: fan. But I will uh, say this. I have changed my tune quite a bit. Had you not stayed, I would have totally understood. I would have totally understood. There was a point in time in my life, had you not stayed, I would have given you grief for it. But I have, first of all, just... Realize well, maybe okay. Not baseballs have to be every second of every life of your day, you know, a little mm-hmm. bit. But also, it's like when you go through as much heartbreak and depression we have as Tigers fans. <laughs> I I totally get it. You could have left at the third inning and like gone and gotten a slice. I'm like, yep, that's the right idea. Good for you. uh But yeah, no the yeah you know what? Speaking of games, real quick, you went to the you're going to the Yankee games coming up. Tigers were in Miami this past weekend. I almost, on Sunday morning, had a spur-of-the-moment purchase and bought a ticket to go to the Sunday finale. Uh, Cabrera played all three games, so I could have seen Miggy, and that, that kind of ate at me a little bit, but then I remembered I'm going to see him play his final two games at yeah. Comerica in September and October, so I took solace in that. Uh, but I almost bought a ticket and drove out to Miami. It's about an hour and 50 minutes from Naples or so from my apartment and everything, and I didn't do it. I was like, I'm, you know, I had to go in- I ended up going into work last minute, and then I watched the game from home. And as I was watching it from home, I was like, "Man, this probably would have been a pretty fun game to go to." And then they started blowing it, and I was like, "Oh no, oh, oh, no. I, I, oh I, no. I, I, whatever." Like, yeah, like a five <laughs> to two lead or whatever it was turned to like a six to five or a five to four. And then they were, and then they had the six to five. Then they got lost eight to six, and I was like, "That would have been a miserable car ride home. Just brutal." Yeah,
1: yeah. especially because because it's, it's not like when i watch them get blown out at yankee You're, stadium i have like right. it's, a, it's like a You're 20 okay. minute walk back to my apartment right. as opposed to correct right? and it's a it's usually a lovely night um you mm-hmm. know it's it's there's something that's romantic about walking in new york city um mm. uh, d- driving usually it's all the
0: smell of dry pee
1: from miami back to your home would uh, would not be fun just like dealing not with as traffic, not as, dealing with traffic, not as
0: magical as that, as that romantic night in New York that you just described. So that's yeah. for sure. I would just been pissed off at my civic, just speeding down 75, swearing aimlessly,
1: which I not, not at that different from if they'd won, but, um, <laughs> I, I do want to talk <laughs> sure. about the Miami series real quick before we, before we kind of yeah. get into your, I know you've got a rant, uh, teed mm-hmm. up for us here. Um, mm-hmm. because I did, I did watch that the ceremony before the first game um, against mm-hmm. against Miami. And it was, it was a, it's been interesting because as I've been thinking about our trip to Detroit and thinking about, okay, what's the ceremony going to be like at Comerica? What's, what's it going to be like when I'm like, oh, this is, this is the last at bat. Um, Like, what are the, what are the emotions going to be? What are the and mm-hmm. watching the ceremony in Miami? And they're remembering their time with Miguel, not not all the time that I as a Tigers fan have spent with him. I started to I felt myself getting emotional, um, mm-hmm. kind of thinking about it. Uh, and I don't know if if you've been thinking about your emotions. Um, around it being Miguel's last season because I think it, it it like it's now that we're past the trade deadline now that we're kind of at this point in the season it is definitely like starting to feel very very real that mm-hmm. he will be gone after after this season
0: yeah, I haven't I haven't really thought about it much, which worries me because I've always found <laughs> in my history when it comes to getting emotional, if I think about it and overthink it in my head and I like I play it out a bunch of times in my head like what I think is gonna happen, usually doesn't happen. But yeah. I kinda go in unprepared, I'm like I think I'll be fine, I don't really need to think about it. That's when it gets me. Um That's when honestly, the first example that comes to mind, I'm not just saying this, is your wedding when your mm. lovely bride, Holland, walked down the aisle with her dad. I didn't think about it. I was like, oh, this is nice. The next thing I know, I'm I'm tearing up and I'm like, yeah. oh my God, like, I wasn't <laughs> planning for this today. But had I, you know, probably in my head like, oh, you're probably going to get pretty sad about this, you know, like, you know, like, I don't know, I just, I'm softy in that way. But the Miggy thing, yeah, I guess I should maybe start prepping myself. Yeah, that's I guess that's what this is coming <laughs> to. That way I'm not just a puddle of tears uh, of... Of Yeah, when that day happens. Yeah, I haven't thought about that. Thanks, Alex. Now I got to think about this and be, I got to have anxiety for the next, you know, eight (laughs) weeks or whatever till we're there. I think I'll be, I think I'll be, well, I'll tell you this much. I have one thing I am prepping already are my insults because you know, Chris Illich is going to speak at some point. He's the owner. He has to
1: yeah, I mean, we'll we'll definitely see him on Saturday at the the, at the parade of boos.
0: I'm just yeah. warning you, as my friend and my co-host, and then everyone else who's in our party joining us on that Saturday or Sunday when they do the ceremony, I am going to boo that man to a point where you are going to be embarrassed to be sitting next to me, uh, and yeah. I hope you'll join in. I but I plan to. I say I won't be embarrassed because I'll be Park.
1: I'll be booing right alongside with Please you. Please do. I might um, I might
0: bring up uh, one of those uh, one of those uh, bullhorns or whatever and just start going to town. But uh, the Miggy the Miggy goodbye will be very very sad. Um, yeah, and it, you and, and uh, good thing that you brought up the Miami series and in, in particular their goodbye to him. And they did a great job at honoring, remembering, celebrating Miguel. I know he was only with them from 03 to 07. Um, but obviously, you know he, he won a World Series with them. The last time they won a World Series was when Miguel Cabrera was on the team mm-hmm. in '03. Um, so, was really, the last time
1: Miguel Cabrera I mean, won a World Series, so
0: yeah, one and only time. Yeah, so it's a, one one and the same. But uh, all the little ceremonies thus far for him when he's been at away away teams have been nice. Miami by far is is the best right now. Um, you know, it was just it was just in the energy there. The and and I I think it was so. Um crazy about it was I think Miggy could have like hit like a go-ahead home run in the top of the ninth, and I think that place would have erupted. Like that's that's yeah. how on the side of Miguel Cabrera they were. It was almost like they could care less about if the Marlins one. They just wanted to be there to celebrate Miggy for three games, and I think that's pretty awesome.
1: Well, it was I mean, it was on uh uh Venezuela night that he mm-hmm. in his first yeah. at bat, he hit that RBI double. Um, mm-hmm. and it was, it was louder than I think any cheer has been at Comerica so far this year. Um, I mean, it was yeah. mm-hmm. that place was rocking for him, and it was yeah,
0: and also it helps you know it's the inside indoor yeah. stadium, and everything just probably really just bumped up that noise, and yeah, it was it was pretty. And it was I a great heard, hit I and a I was and as I was watching, yeah. it, I
1: was like last. Uh, five years ago, that was a triple for Miguel, but
0: it's <laughs> <that's> okay. <laughs> yeah. Five years ago and maybe a little more oomph, that's probably actually goes over the wall for yeah, Miguel. Yeah. Five years ago, um, he doesn't,
1: he doesn't have to leg out the triple cause he's just trotting around, the, around bases. the bases yeah, for a home I run. Think,
0: um, I think I saw a tweet that said, uh, the atmosphere for Miguel Cabrera's last three games rivaled the entire month or the entire three weeks at the world baseball classic was at Lone Depot park, um, which I thought was. That's pretty high price considering he's one yeah. man as opposed to a bunch of different countries, you know, f- playing each other for the World Baseball Classic. So that's, that's yeah. high price. That yeah, was great. I haven't, I, yeah, I haven't thought much about the Mickey goodbye. Um, I honestly just want them to play him now. I mean, they're out of the race. I know they're not out of it, but they're out of the race. Yeah, play the man every day if he's if he's willing, able, and healthy to play him every day. He's still chasing like some guys, like in terms I think of squeaking into the top twenty all time hit list. I think right now he's at like twenty one or. 20 or he's 21 like 20, 20.
1: yeah he's, he's right there
0: he's like right on he's like a fringe top 20 so you have to I think try to get him some at bats so we can crack the top 20 I mean, that's a pretty great little a little notch to add to your resume a top 20 all-time hit leader in major league baseball I mean that's pretty sick so yeah'm yeah, I'm, I'm sure when the day comes I'll be sad I'm very excited although this team is just beyond frustrating to watch right now and they're an absolute mess very excited to, at least to give Miggy the sendoff that he doesn't i can only that's my first time going to comerica since 2009 when we go um so yeah, it's a long time since i've been there and it's going to be a heck of a heck of a weekend
1: all right luke uh let's let's cue it up now that we've had this nice nostalgia chat let's uh let's get you riled again
0: as if I didn't just blab enough for the last 17 minutes, he kicks the floor right back over to me to make an even bigger ass of myself. So let's not bury the lead here. Uh, Obviously, we all went into this week with some very lofty expectations. Uh, I think we all knew that given where the Tigers are at as a team and given at where they have some guys on contracts, that the Tigers were 100% going to be sellers at the deadline. And they did sell. Well, they didn't sell all their goods, though. Michael Lorenzo gets traded to the Phillies. Fine. A fine prospect uh, that they get back. I think he's already like the sixth-ranked prospect in the Tigers system. Uh, He's supposed to be good on offense. Great. I think uh, I pronounced that gentleman's name is uh, How You Lee. They got from from the Philadelphia Phillies. They get How You Lee from the Phillies. Great. I hope he develops to be the next superstar. That'd be awesome. And you knew Lorenzen was going to get dealt because Lorenzen was the true definition of a one-year rental for the Tigers. He was a a one-year guy, you know, better than probably any of the last kind of one-year innings eaters we have. Looking at you, Tyson Ross, Yvonne Nova, Julio Tehran, Matt Moore, Jose Ureña, the list goes on and on. Fine. Eduardo Rodriguez, though, was different. And I want to start off by saying this. We all know what happened. The rumor is Eduardo Rodriguez, a deal was in line for him to go to the Dodgers. It sounds like at the 11th hour or so, he backed out. Tigers didn't make another move. Erod stays on the Tigers for this season. He does have an opt-out going into the offseason, so there is potential he can opt out and test free agency, or the Tigers can restructure his contract and offer him some type of extension. Only time will tell what happens there. From what we've been told, Erod loves Detroit. Erod loves his teammates. He, He even made a statement after today's game where he got the win saying, he plans to be in Detroit for a long time, but he never physically said, I'm not opting out. And honestly, why would he? Because you don't want to show your hand this early when you know the offseason is still three months away or whatever. So that's the logistics with Erod. And what I want to say with Erod in particular is because I see a lot of Tigers fans who are pissed at Erod. And while I can maybe get that just a little bit, just a very smidge bit, this is not Eduardo Rodriguez's fault. Eduardo Rodriguez in his contract... Had a no trade clause. And out of the 10 teams that he had listed, the LA Dodgers were one of those 10 teams. So Eduardo Rodriguez was well within his contractual rights to do what he did. I'm not mad at Eduardo Rodriguez. I'm not mad at Eduardo Rodriguez at all. I am very upset with Scott Harris because, in my opinion, Scott Harris just showed us all that he is the most unprepared, disorganized president in Major League Baseball. Look, if a great deal was coming down the line with the Dodgers, fantastic. And if at the 11th hour, Eduardo Rodriguez pulled the rug out from underneath you and said, I don't want to do this deal, even if he said earlier in the day that he was into it, but the last second he changed his mind, you're telling me that Scott Harris didn't have four to five backup plans ready to go in the event that that happened? Get out of here. Get, get out of town if that's the actual case. This was such a blunder by Scott Harris. It was a missed layup on something that should have been a slam dunk, and he completely shit the bed. And this is probably that I can think of in recent free age, actually, recent trade deadlines where there's usually a high demand for, hit, uh, for batters, pitchers this time around. It seemed in particular starting pitchers is what so many teams were after. The mm-hmm. Dodgers, the Orioles, the Marlins, the Diamondbacks, the Rangers, the uh, Mariners were you know Mariners, Blue Jays. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. The Tampa Bay Rays. You're telling me that Scott Harris put all his eggs, as it seems, in one basket for Erod to go to the Dodgers. It blows up in his face, and that's mm-hmm. it. He sat there like a little kid in class who was afraid to raise his hand and speak up. And it's like, dude, you're the president. <laughs> You're you're the one calling the shots. So if in that moment, if the the deadline ends at, what was it, 6 o'clock? 6 o'clock. If at 5.15, Eduardo Rodriguez says, I don't want to go to the Dodgers, you are then in oh shit mode, and then you pull out all the stops to get him off the books. Because here's what very well may happen. And again, Eduardo Rodriguez is well within his contractual rights to do this. Maybe he only pitches nine more games for the Tigers this season, and then he opts to elect free agency. If that happens and he walks, Scott Harris just had the biggest blunder, maybe in the history of the Detroit Tigers. And that's saying something considering who his, uh, who his predecessor was. That's saying something, you know. So, look, I, I, I'm really upset with Scott Harris, and I'll kick it back to you in a second because I don't want to monopolize the chat. But I, I just – to me, Scott Harris – is 0-2 as the team's present now. And they're two big 0-2s. First off, not bringing in any offensive help going into this season. He saw how shitty this team was on offense last season. He did nothing. He did absolutely nothing. I know Andy Abanias has been fun from time to time. Same thing with Zach McKinstry. He looked at a historically bad 2022 Detroit Tigers offense and says, I know it'll help this team. Tyler Nevin. I'll bring in Tyler Nevin. He'll solve all the problems. He, he, he did nothing. He sat by and he did nothing. And then he did the same thing yesterday as far as I'm concerned with the trade deadline. He sat by and he did nothing. Made a whatever deal for Lorenzen. Fine. That was kind of a cakewalk. We all knew Lorenzen was getting dealt. He was a one-year rental. He's a guy that the Phillies will hopefully use for 8, 9, 10 starts. Push them into the playoffs. Have a deep run. Awesome. I wish Lorenzen the best of luck. He was a pleasant surprise to the Tigers. But Eduardo Rodriguez, there are some stakes on the line. And when, the, and when it came down to it, when rubber met the road, Scott Harris folded. He folded like a chair. And right now, his ass is on the line. And there's a lot of pissed-off Tigers fans. And they have a right to be pissed off because he looks like a complete idiot currently. So...
1: I hear all that. I hear it. I hear it. Um, I I don't necessarily agree with it. Um and I don't I don't I also I, I, maybe that's the wrong the wrong way to phrase it. I I hear it, but I'm reserving judgment. Um because because a lot of the judgment of this moment at the trade deadline with Erod does come down to the uh ultimate resolution of does he opt out at the end of the year or does he stay with the Detroit Tigers because obviously if Scott Harris is looking at this situation and he and Erod have had conversations where he feels 90% plus confident that Erod is not going to opt out at the end of the season that that changes the calculus around the trade deadline in that it's not a what can we get it's like this has to be the absolute right deal for us to to move forward and move erod when we are relatively confident that he is going to remain under under team control and as a detroit tiger and or at least give the tigers the the if he does opt out first offer on a new contract um yeah and obviously if he opts out and he goes away then it it is a disaster truly um it is it is truly a disaster and and Scott Harris has completely whiffed in this moment uh but obviously the Dodgers probably came with something really strong if Scott Harris is working on this deal knowing about the opt out, knowing about the no trade clause to to the Dodgers. Um so it had to look good. I also think the Mets becoming sellers um really like shifted this market in a weird way. Um uh-huh. because suddenly Erod though by the end of the day Erod was the best available pitcher by far in the market for much of the like big deals suddenly max scherzer's available suddenly justin verlander's available um there are like legit superstar starters available that kind of like shifted how how the market was going to look um which then obviously changed the value calculation for erod what should we be expecting to get in return which like the Scherzer, the Scherzer trade kind of set the market, um, and and so you start to look for those options. And so suddenly, if those things aren't available and you have a relative reassurance from Erod that he is going to stay in Detroit, I can see not moving him for anything less than actual actual value, top value that you could get in that return for a pitcher of his caliber, especially if, if you have had those conversations where it is okay, great Erod. We, we want to build a rotation around you. Um, and so if you stay, here's our plan going into the off season to acquire yeah. some, some more starting pitching plus these guys, that these young guys that are, are getting better and healthier, um, as we come into the second half of the season. So, so I, I hear it. I don't, I don't fully disagree with it, but I do, I do kind of, I personally reserve judgment um, on what Scott Harris was doing until we, until we actually know if Iran is going to stick around at the end of this year.
0: Well, that's, and that's the million dollar question. And, and again, I, I think that's, that's fair uh, to see, let's wait and see. Now, I feel like, to be fair, that's what we've been saying the last eight years with this team. Let's wait and see what happens. So, you'll have to forgive me and a lot of other Tiger fans if we're a little bit tired of saying, well, let's just kind of wait and see what happens. You know, hopefully it works out our way. There hasn't been a lot of, you know, glowing reviews of that working out in our favor, you know, in past history. One thing I will point out is this is the age factor. They do choose this to extend Eduardo Rodriguez, which I'm, I'm, I'm not against. You know, I even said in our group chat, I said, hey, if worse comes worse, they don't deal him, and if he decides to stay in, I'm okay with that. I think Eduardo Rodriguez still can be a part of this overall puzzle for this team. It's always going to be the what-if game, though. You mm-hmm. know, What if they traded him? Who are they going to get it back? And you know at some point down the road that trade is going to leak out of who the Tigers yeah. could have potentially gotten back. You know, four or five years down the road, when whoever those names were were, you know, are obviously then blowing up and being superstars because that's how it always seems to be for the Tigers. I will retract one thing I said from my rant. I said that if Erod ends up leaving and walking, it would be the biggest blunder in Tigers trade deadline history. And I although in the moment I was riled up when I said that Avila made a lot of stupid ass trades. I mean, yeah. this will be bad. This is <laughs> this is in my opinion probably a top three, a top five. But I'm thinking about Justin Verlander and JD Martinez right now and I'm going woof woof not great at all um, but yeah I mean if if Erod ends up walking I think you know Scott Harris is going to get crucified you know I think he already he already is getting crucified and I and do I, I think and to that extent I do think it's warranted because I understand what you're saying let's roll the dice let's see what happens but he's already taking a risk when he really didn't need to you know, you're telling me that I guess what I would just love to know and we're never going to know. We're never going to know, but I would just love to have known what is the backup plan? You have to have a backup plan or two yeah. or three or four or five. Like if something happens, like you can't just tell me it was all or nothing on the Dodgers. Like what were those other moves late? Like? And if and if at the 11th hour, you have to do some fancy footwork and renegotiate or kind of rethink some of those moves, you do it because now if you get a kind of slightly altered trade that you weren't thinking about doing an hour prior to the deadline done, you've made the move. And I get it. You don't just want to give away guys, you know, for a half used thing of big league chew. But like you also don't want to be stuck in a situation that you're currently in. Look, let's call it how it is. His job is tough. It it is it is a tough game. You're gonna draw a lot of criticism, you're gonna draw a lot of critiques, but at the end of the game, at the end of the game, at the end of the game, that's where he that's what he signed up to do. So, you know, it it uh it is what it is. He he knows what he was getting into, but also the age factor. If they choose to re-uh structure a contract with Rodriguez, he'll be he's 30 now, so he'll probably be 31 by the time he's going into his newly restructured deal with the Tigers. So I don't know. I don't know. I and I've said this and my my tune has not changed at all, but if the Tigers choose to keep Erod, that's great. But Erod is not your ace. He's not. He's a three or four, you know, probably in most rotations, and that's what he should be in yours. Quit relying on Eduardo Rodriguez to be the next Justin Verlander. He's never going to be that. He's never going to be the next Max Scherzer. He's never going to be the next Jack Morris. It's just not. It's not going to happen. But he can be a pretty solid complementary piece. I feel like. I think another thing too that people are pissed about, and rightfully so, about this this trade deadline or lack thereof for the Tigers. I think people expected maybe some guys in the minors to get moved, some package deals. I mean, there was rumors like a Matt Manning. Jake Rogers made mm-hmm. a comment today post game that his agent called him and said, hey, your name's being floated around. Just be ready. I think people were expecting a deal like that. I don't know if you noticed, but the Erie Seawolves tonight are starting Alex Fieto and Donnie Sands, and they did that kind of in preparation because they felt like Erie might have been kind of taking some guys, so they need you know, guys to fill the spots for tonight for the game. But all that obviously never came to fruition. So I think people were expecting some more tight moves like that. You know, Mm -hmm. there's all the. I was getting rumors. I got a buddy of mine who's who's a big uh, O's fan, and he was texting me saying, "Oh, their AAA team just pulled out a couple of guys tonight from from the lineup and whatnot." I'm sure that happens maybe all across baseball. It's not just with the Tigers. But I think the fans and I'll even group myself into that were expecting some more kind of crafty trades. And it was honestly a one for one rental trade and a swing and a miss and i think that's why people are so angry right now you know and to be fair i'll i'll give scott harris this this kind of amount of credit he's damned if he does he's damned if he doesn't he didn't make the trade he's getting vilified right now mm-hmm. if he makes the trade in his Alavila 2.0 and gives away justin verlander for virtually nothing he's vilified. So it's like, and even if he makes a good trade that the majority of people like, there's always going to be a minority of people that hates it. So there, I get that there was really no win-win for him as the president. I just think he could have saved himself a ton of headache had he gotten, I mean, let's call it how it is. this should have been a slam dunk. The The market teams were begging for starting pitching. Mm-hmm. We heard that Erod was linked to like five or six teams. All the insiders are saying, "Yep, Erod is as good as gone. He's as good as gone. He's not going to be on the Tigers by six o'clock." And today he pitched for the Tigers. So while I understand where you're coming from, let's wait and see. I won't in fact, be pissed in fact, off. They, if they, they moved a- him
1: back a day in the rotation because correct.
0: Same thing with Lorenzen. They, they both, yeah. yeah. You know, so I won't. Will I be pissed if he's a Detroit Tiger next season? No, no. This, he's having a great year this year, and I think he can be an asset to the team, but. I just, I just, this is. I saw Chris Castellani uh, was kind of live tweeting. Obviously, Twitter's been just popping off these last twenty four hours with with the news. But he said something that I thought hit it right on the head. He said, "This only happens to the Tigers. You're never going to see something like this happen to the Houston Astros. You're never going to see something like this happen to the Atlanta Braves. You know, the New York Yankees, the Chicago Cubs. You know, the Guardians. You're never only only the Tigers. This, I, I feel like they are mm-hmm. truly a cursed." franchise in some ways that like uh, they every time i think they can't do something stupid as stanley hudson would say you find a way to top yourself <laughs> you know and i just yeah i just uh yeah it's just tough it's a, it's a tough way and i will say one last thing and then we can move on um one thing that i i disagree with a lot of tigers fans on twitter saying who are going after erod personally being like you screwed over the team. This is on you. Blah blah. blah. Like this guy's going to be on the team for the rest of the year. There's a decent chance he's going to be back next year. He's also yeah. vocally said he likes it here. So let's not piss him off necessarily. You know, just just the thought. And people have been making comments like this is the second time he's let down the team in the last two years. Let's not forget the first time he was away from the Tigers last season. One he was injured, and then he was going through. I believe it was reported as marital issues. So it was like a personal thing. People have made it have made it seem like he was on like a two month Carnival cruise, just like cashing in a paycheck, slinging back drinks, enjoying his summer. Like he was injured, and he was also going through something at home. You know, I mean, it's not quite the same thing as the Austin Meadows situation, but like it's like give the guy like trust me, if the guy was at Sandals Jamaica for a six week you know sabbatical, I'd be like, yeah, rip him a new asshole. But like he was injured, he was going through. It sounded like a lot of personal things, like. Let's We can cut him some slack there. He's not public enemy number one. Take your anger, frustration, and give it to Scott Harris and always Chris Illich. He's always a good fallback to get pissed at because he's a punching bag. So, uh, yeah, but anyways, the, the direct E-Rod slander, I think we need to nip it in the bud.
1: That's going to dovetail us into the um, uh, main entree of the show uh, today, where we're going to answer the question: Who the hell plays for this team um, now? <laughs> I, I sort of, sort of. When I started like planning this, I was anticipating more moves uh, from the Detroit Tigers, mm-hmm. um, but, but either way, I think it's good to just kind of like do a kind of like let's look at where do the prospects stand, and and we will we will caveat this with our our typical caveat we're not a minor league baseball show um we Mm -hmm. we aren't aren't following this particularly closely um uh but we want to just kind of like get the information out there um one thing also i want to uh shout out to to our friend uh friend friend of the pod uh, uh don uh who who asked some very specific questions about um two two guys from the university of connecticut that the detroit tigers drafted um andrew sears and uh uh oh i have them both pulled up right now why do i have i just have andrew sears pulled up at the moment um andrew sears and uh dave uh smith a couple of yukon yeah dave david smith a uh, couple of yukon guys uh andrew sears is a pitcher coming out of yukon david smith uh a utility guy picked in the 14th round. Um, both both guys have, uh, I believe, signed with the Tigers, but are able in that new restructuring of the draft um, where they they have been able to sign with the Tigers, but they, they also have the option to return to UConn to finish out their college education, continue to play for UConn while they do that, which um, at the moment it does appear to be what... They're doing so, Don Wardlaw. That's where your yukon guys are. Um, probably going back to yukon um, with a little extra spending money in their pockets, uh, to the tune of uh, $150,000 in the case of one <laughs> of them. Extra guys. beer money for the boys. What, yeah, what would you they're have gotten the next $150,000 in college?
0: <laughs> Probably wouldn't have been in college, honestly. Yeah. I would have probably been uh, about having fun, or I would have been in college, just not in any of the classrooms. Which, you know, to a certain extent, was kind of how my college career went, depending on what class it was. Looking at you, math. Ugh, it's the worst. Um, yeah, 150k in college. Good lord, that's essentially like giving a that's that's like giving a 20 year old like a blank check and be like, yeah, have fun, good, go enjoy, go enjoy. Um, yeah, hopefully they've got. They've Sears, got some I don't, guys. I, don't, I don't know anything. Yeah.
1: With good heads on their shoulders around yeah. them that are like, just put this yes. in this account and don't so, touch
0: it. Yeah, uh, I don't know anything really about those players, but I'll say this: I'm already worried about Sears. His last name is Sears, and we all know they had to file for bankruptcy. So I'm already, right. I'm already concerned. But hey, what can you do?
1: Now he's now he's motivated to play well because his family needs the money. That's the mm-hmm. as it's they the went. Sears family, to. yeah. All right, great. Uh, Luke, do we want to start? Let's start yes, with sir. the 40-man because I think we've talked about the 40-man. Um, I mean, we certainly talk about the active roster quite a bit. Um, is there anybody in yeah. this 40-man that you really want to drive home as we look at at who's who's around?
0: Yeah, there's, there's two that come to mind, and this also kind of goes hand in hand. Is he on? He's on the 40-man. Just got to find his name here. Hold on a second. Stay with me. Stay with me. Um, maybe he's not on the 40 man, just on the folks. 40 man, right? Yeah, it's uh, 40 people. Is he not on the 40 man? He's got to be. Am I this stupid? I'm looking for JHM. I don't think he's on there.
1: Uh, but who I want
0: to see, uh, from the 40 man, I thought he was. Like, god, I this, this shows you how, maybe, maybe we should become more of a minor league. I could have sworn he was on the 40 man, I guess not, though. Uh, uh Parker Meadows. I was going to say Justin Henry Malloy and Parker Meadows. That's the one thing I'm hoping to see now that the dust has settled from the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, that I I'm hoping we see those guys up here very very soon. You know, I had a whole list of kind of pros and cons of Scott Harris's presidency because he's coming up on about his one-year mark. And one of the cons I have is that I think he contradicts himself a lot. And I'm not trying to bring this back into a Scott Harris conversation, but it does relate to J.H.M. and Parker Meadows. You know, Scott Harris was very adamant going into the season that he's assessing talent. He wants to see who works, who doesn't, who's a part of the future, who probably is more of a short-term solution. And at this point where this team is at, they're 12 games under 500 not going to make the playoffs. They just sold at the deadline. I think now you have to start giving some of these guys that are up in AAA those tryouts, so to speak. So, yes, yeah, so that means you're taking away at-bats from Nick Mayton and Eric Haas and giving them mm-hmm. to the guys like Justin henry Malloy or Parker Meadows Same thing with Akil Badu. I love Akil Badu. Had a really fun rookie story, but I just don't feel like he's going to be a long-term solution. You got Max Clark. You got Parker Meadows. You got Riley Green. Right now, you even got Matt Verlinger. I just don't see where a guy like Badu fits in much longer. So if that's the case, give Parker a shot. Like I think this this is where Scott Harris can earn some grace back from the fans if he starts following through on his protocols and promises that he said at the beginning of the year. He wants to start assessing this talent, Great. We've loved Eric Haas. He's hitting under 200. I don't think Haas is going to be around much longer. Start giving a guy like Donnie Sands some opportunity. You know, call up a Dylan Dingler. I don't something. you got to do something here? And um, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at with that.
1: Yeah, I think uh, some really great points. And I, so so let's look at the 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 top ten prospects for the Detroit Tigers organization right now and kind of their ETA. Love it. Of get a get a sense of of where where we're at in kind of the development of some of these guys uh so so obviously number 1 is Colt Keith um uh-huh. uh expected time of arrival to the big leagues is 2024 so not not anticipating seeing him this year Jace Young Jackson Job uh 25 guys um Wilmer Flores uh, ex- perhaps this year um eta 2023 um, but uh-huh. is currently sitting at double A, so maybe not. That timeline's a little shorter. Uh Ty Madden, 2024. Um Yu Lee, who we who he just acquired. Um expected time of arrival, 2025, currently um uh on his way to to West Michigan. I don't know that he's he's there yet. Um Peyton Graham, uh number seven. Uh, expected in 25. Justin Henry Malloy is a 23, so I do think that there is a good a good chance that we'll see him in the final months. Who is of this not season. on the
0: 40 man? Who, Who is, is not, not a, on the 40 man? I just, just looked it up. I was mistaken. I thought I was, so that's my bad.
1: And then uh, uh, Wenzel Perez, um, second baseman at AAA right now, expected in 2023. Somebody that we could we could also see this season. Um, I actually saw him uh, at West Michigan last summer. Um, and liked what i saw liked what i saw um christian santan uh santana I'm, I'm so sorry i'm so sorry Chris, christian uh i butchered that name and uh I, I i sincerely apologize if you're listening to this show uh due in 2025 parker meadows uh expected in 2024 um so could Good, maybe maybe we'll see uh-huh. um sitting there at number 11 and then a guy like dylan dingler um obviously who is who is the second pick in the year we picked torque um is a catcher is expected in 2024 is sitting at double a right now um so you know we'll see we'll see what happens there but yeah i would say you know it is probably time to try and start to figure out this catcher situation um about what you're going to do it's yeah. actually it's actually interesting that there may be I mean there wasn't like a really big catcher market this year. Um, but that like uh-huh. there wasn't maybe more talk of like trying to move one of those guys, some of these prospect catchers. There's there's a lot of like decent piece catchers in the Tigers organization right now. Um I don't I don't yeah. think that there's a, you know a, a a true, true stud of them, but there's cer- certainly guys you probably could have gotten a, a return for in some in some capacity.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting for me. I guess one thing I didn't take into consideration—I know I mentioned it briefly earlier—was Jake Rogers. Um, I feel like we've just. It sounds weird what I'm about to say. Maybe you'll agree or disagree, but I know like a guy like Jake Rogers has been around since 2019. Matt Manning's been around since twenty twenty one. Schuble and Mize twenty twenty. And honestly, I feel like out of the four I just mentioned, we've seen the least of Mize. Um, but out of those four guys that I just mentioned, doesn't it feel like they just debuted like a couple of months ago? But they've but they've been around a while.
1: Yeah, it really does, and I you know certainly some of that is. Um... I, I think because of the, like the the COVID year and the shortened season and the way that stuff happened. But like yeah, mm-hmm. it does feel like they've... It feels like they've been around forever.
0: Yeah. And then if you remember Jake Rogers in particular, his story, he came up late in 2019, that abysmal 2019 year. He didn't play at all in 2020, if I remember correctly. He played half of 21, but then he got injured. He didn't play at all last year because he was hurt. And now he's been essentially kind of the full-time slash platooning catcher, but more the full-time catcher now because Haas stinks. Um, and that's where he's at now. So when I heard – I guess what I'm getting at here is when I heard like his name was in trade rumors, I was like, yeah, I guess it kind of makes sense. Like he's yeah. been around a little while now and his numbers for a catcher are pretty whatever, like offensively, but defensively he's solid. You yeah, know, I think he would go to most teams I feel like and kind of be like a backup. Like you're not going to put him like I feel like on – like the Braves or the Astros or, you know, like the Rays and he's your starter, but, you know, maybe kind of like in a platoon role, but yeah. And the hard part is with Jake, I don't know if he's the long-term solution at catcher either. Yeah, Um, I know he's been kind of fun this season and uh, I didn't think at the beginning of the year we'd be having a a race and who was going to lead the team in more home runs, Spencer Torkelson or Jake Rogers, but here we are. (laughs) Uh, He had another home run today, Jake did. But um, yeah, that's just that—that's interesting with, with with a guy like Jake Rogers, and I think they need to look overall catching a lot more in depth because really, there's not a whole lot there right now. I mean, Donnie Sands maybe at some point gets gets a shot, um, you know, maybe Dylan Dingler, you know. But yeah, there's just there's not a ton there at the moment in terms of catching. Um, maybe they go out and sign someone, but uh, we'll have to see. Yeah,
1: and then, and then kind of taking a a look at the draft. Um uh a lot of a lot of high school guys um in there obviously max clark uh-huh. uh uh at the top there uh kevin McGonigal also a high school guy max anderson out of nebraska um what what is your your sense when you see them kind of go when you when you see um the tigers shift to this this drafting a lot of high school guys which obviously they they take longer to get to get to mm-hmm. MLB.
0: Yeah. And I, I kind of, in regards to that last part, they take longer to get to the MLB. Yes, true. I do think you have to kind of always sit with a grain of salt. And I talked about this on the last show we did, where it's like when Max Clark got drafted, people were like, see you in seven years. Like, I, I don't think it's going to be that long. I don't think he's going to be yeah. here next year. But I think there's a chance he's here by 2025, maybe 2026, depending on how his progressions going in the minors. Riley Green got drafted, I think, in what was it, 2019, and he made his debut mm-hmm. in 2022. So um, he would have made his debut a lot earlier in 2022 had he not gotten injured in spring training. So um, there's always that kind of thing you got to keep in mind.
1: It might this have is one area where I guess I'll give a pat. With a, a shortened season in 2020 with no minor league baseball.
0: Also true. You could probably say the same thing for you know torque as well. So both both very true. Um, yeah, because well, torque got drafted in twenty twenty. But yeah, honestly, that that could have been for both of them. True. I remember there was rumblings at the end of the, the twenty one season. Are they going to call up the guys? That was that was kind of a thing. But when I look at what Scott Harris did in this most recent draft class, I'm not I'm not against it. I'm not for. Mm-hmm. This is something even more so, kind of like I know we we're talking about Erod. Like, well, we got to wait and see what happens. This is really something where you got to wait and see what happens. And I, like I said, I made mm-hmm. a pros and a cons list of things I think Scott Harris has done great, good, and poorly. And there was kind of a meh or a question mark list. This would be a question mark because we're not going to know how some of these guys are progressing for another two, three, four, five years, depending. You know, it's it's it is going to be a little bit of time. You know, I'm. I'm not saying the whole thing, got to wait seven years or whatever, but to get all of these guys up or to kind of see, see uh, make a full accurate, you know, decision on them were they good, were they good picks, bad picks. You got to give them a few years to kind of come into their own, um, and develop through the system, and then obviously see what they can do if and when they ever get called up to the majors. But um, I'm fine with it. You know, I do think a little bit Scott Harris is trying to draft young, and he's trying to he wants I think to. I, from what I can gather, I don't really know because I feel like he hasn't even really laid out a, a game plan, and he's been here a year. But yeah. I get the I get the idea that he wants to start young, and he wants to kind of just start at the base level, get the young guys in that he wants in, start developing, the, de- developing them the way he wants them to be developed, and then let that progression go on until they get to the majors. And he wants to really have that kind of approach, I think, where he wants to almost kind of wipe the Avila board clean and do his own thing. But the problem is he's never going to be able to fully wipe the Avila board clean because there are some still really big names that we have yet to see. You just listed a bunch of them, but in particular yep. your Jackson Jobs, your Jace Youngs, Colt Keith, many, many others. Um, you know, even in the, in the, you know, Riley Green will always be an Avila era guy. Torkelson will be an Avila era guy. Whatever happens with Scooble, Mize, Manning, Fieto, Wentz, Brisky, Avila era guys, you know, so, um, That I understand if Scott wants to start young and kind of wipe the slate clean, that's fine. It's gonna take a little while, but I'm not gonna say one way or another if I think it's gonna work or not, because I think with draft picks in particular, Mm -hmm. you have to that's the one thing where you have to kind of be like, let's take like I I always like when the draft happened, people were bitching about it on Twitter, like, way to go, took another high school. It's like, How do you know? How like you don't know we don't know what's going to be happening in three to five years. Like we just don't know. Like that's the one thing I'm like, everyone pump the brakes just a little bit. You want to go off on something, you know, go off on the fact that, you know, this offense is putrid for two years in a row at the major league level. Let the 18 year old kid who just finished his SATs, like develop in the minors and like kind of become his own major league player if it happens. So yeah, that's kind of where uh, I stand there.
1: when When I was thinking about, about Scott Harris's draft, um, I I was I was happy to see that he was going. He was going younger. He was not going to guys that like, uh-huh. oh boy, we got to get him up. Um, we got to get him. We got to get him to Detroit because when I think about, we talk. We've talked about the Cardinals, um, so many times on this show. Uh, how, with the exception of this year, they never feel like they're just <laughs> yeah. out we of jinxed it. them. Yeah, um, that. <laughs> and like and or, or the Astros are a great example as well um of just a team that is like always pretty dang good probably going to be able to compete for their division um and and make a run at it and when you look at like the big deals that happened at the trade deadline teams that were competitive teams that were buyers teams that were trying to get Justin Verlander back on their team what you give up in those situations is great prospects because Uh you can't give up your stars. You're trying to win a world series with that team and add the piece that it needs. So you can't lose a piece there. You got to have something going on in the farm system that is attractive to be able to bring those pieces in. So it is definitely foundation laying for the the team to be in that kind of spot in the next few years, um, which is which is good. Then, if some of these big if these big prospects pan out, we add them to the team in the next year. Chris Illich actually opens his wallet. Now we have a kind of a situation where where perhaps the Tigers can be good for fifteen years. Um, or, you know, uh, 28 years in the case of the, the St. Louis Cardinals, um, <laughs> uh, instead of, okay, great. Here's our three year window to win a world series. And now we're screwed for another decade. Um, and
0: right. as much as, as much as I it want doesn't... the
1: tigers to be in win now mode next year, mm-hmm. I, If I can step out of the emotional, the emotion of being a Detroit Tigers fan for a hot second, I would Uh ultimately rather wait two more years and then have them be good for a decade plus than being in win now mode next year, maybe for another year, and then suck for another decade.
0: I get, I get that. I do. And But here's what I would offer as a counterpoint. You obviously, you know, can, can I make a uh, offer a new term? We don't need to be in win now mode. Can we just be in compete now mode and not go into a season and be like, wow, you know, 73 wins would be pretty sick. That'd be pretty awesome. Like you're in the AL Central. It's the worst division in baseball. I'm not asking you to go out there and win 110 games. But, hey, can we maybe settle for 83 to 85? Like, is that Which realistic? Is probably good like, it's not to gonna win take the division. Much, like, yeah, it's not going to take much more than that to win the AL Central. Twins suck, Guardians suck, we suck, White Sox suck, Royals suck. It's a big suck fest in the AL Central. And those are just the facts. So while I don't think you need to be necessarily in win-now mode, let's just be in compete-now mode. Let's be in competent baseball mode, mode now. You know, now mode. So I think that... One thing, too, that sometimes gets a little bit lost in the fold, it's not so black and white. It's not where, well, Chris Illich has to go out this offseason and spend $300 million to bring a World Series contender to the city of Detroit because buy-in doesn't always mean you're winning. Just look at the New York Mets, Mm -hmm. and I think there can be a happy medium where, yes, you go out and make some calculated risks on the free agent market or via trades during the offseason, but then you also wait for some guys to come into their own. Believe it or not, as much as this team pisses me off, there's a couple guys on this team, mainly going to lead with Riley Green, who could be a contributor for, I think, seasons to come. I think maybe not so so much in terms of seasons to come, but next year, let's say specifically, I think Riley Mm -hmm. Green, Yep, absolutely. A guy like Matt Veerling. Yep, absolutely. Jake Rogers to an extent. Yeah, sometimes Spencer Torkelson is real hot, and then sometimes he's real cold. But I think Torque obviously is going to be around next season. We want to get rid of Javier Baez. I don't think he's going anywhere. So that those are just the facts there. Pitching-wise, Jason Foley, Alex Lang, although I don't know what the hell is going on with Alex Lang today, the bottom of the ninth in Pittsburgh. Got two easy outs, then he literally had – the winning run come to the plate with, I don't know how the hell he did it, but he did it. So that needs to kind of think be looked at. Tarek Skubal is going to be good. Maybe Eduardo Rodriguez, who knows how that saga wraps up. You're getting back Casey Mize next year. Mm -hmm. Matt Manning is hot and cold. You know, a guy like Bo Brisky, maybe fight. like there are, there are some pieces now. You go out, add a couple in the offseason, and then you hope a couple of these prospects that are in AAA, a Justin Henry Molloy, a Colt Keith, a Parker Meadows, a Ty Madden, they come out, they contribute. Like, it can be like a nice kind of symphony. It doesn't have to be like just all in one, as all one or nothing with the free agents or all of the prospects. Yeah. It can be a mixture of all these kind of different elements that make it work. And then when those elements work... Then you're in, in my opinion, compete now mode. And I, I don't think that's too much to ask. That's what I'm looking for as a Tigers fan. Just to not go into a season's prediction episode in March of 2024 and be like, yeah, I got the Tigers finishing fourth this year. I don't think that's too much to ask after all this time. And I think that's kind of where my frustrations lie the most.
1: I didn't mean to play you off there, Luke. I- I that's really okay. Thought you I was. I've. i that i I've, you were I've been, I've been sentence. rambling
0: too much. No, it's uh, okay. Sometimes, sometimes we time them good. Sometimes we don't. That's okay. We'll get better next time.
1: That's right. That's right. This is normally the part of the show where I would say, um, Luke, I've got a stat for you to guess at, but I, um, I, I don't. I'll admit it. I just don't.
0: That's okay. I just do don't you have, have one. So, not, I have something.
1: So we're we're at what? I have something. Oh great! Let's do it.
0: Do you want to real quick? Just I know we just vented about the tigers for an hour but do you want to for five or ten minutes just look at all the other trades because believe it or not there is a world outside of detroit tigers baseball within the major leagues
1: i'm unfamiliar with the world outside of
0: interesting i'll do this i'm going to rattle through just a couple of trades um starting i you know i'll I'll rattle through some trades here and uh just you let me know if there's any you want to talk about we'll start uh, obviously you know the days leading up let's start with the 20th because i feel like david robertson when he got traded from the Mar uh, from the Mets to the Marlins, that was a big deal. So we got all right. David Marlinson, uh, excuse me. Oh my God, David Marlinson, David, Marlinson. <laughs> David Robertson, David Marlinson got traded to the Marlins. Let's see what we got here. Dodgers acquired Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly from the White Sox. Astros got Kendall Graveman from the White Sox. Boy, the White Sox did a lot of selling. And that window is slammed shut. Rangers yeah. got Max Scherzer. Blue Jays got Jordan Hicks from the Cardinals. That was on the 30th. Rangers got Jordan Montgomery from the Cardinals. That's another team who really sold a lot at the deadline was the Cardinals, especially on the pitching side. Braves yeah, got Nicky Lopez did. from the Royals. That's kind of whatever. Former Tiger alert. Uh, CJ Crone and Randall Gritchick got traded to the LA Angels from the Rockies. Uh, Aaron Savalas was think, a big room from the actually, Guardians.
1: I think actually that Angels trade um, and the Angels in general are interesting because obviously they didn't move shohei um yeah there was a little will they won't they about that but then kind of like acquiring cj crone kind of like sort of becoming buyers um Mm -hmm. um at the deadline but then also not like like interestingly not not adding a ton more bats in that spot uh like i just I feel like the angels did enough to maybe make Shohei feel like they were trying to win. And it feels forced. Yeah. And not actually, not actually doing mm-hmm. the things to, to suddenly make a run because they're, it, they're not in, they're not to in me a of playoff like, position right now.
0: No, they're not. I think they're what, like three or four over yeah. 500. Like they're, yeah, they're, they're like they're fighting they're like th- for a wild card spot. They're of three
1: out from the wild card right now. Um,
0: yeah, uh, to me, it reeks of oh crap! For the last four to five years, <laughs> we've had two of the best major league baseball players on our team. We have done virtually nothing, and now one of those two is seriously considering leaving at the end of the season. We better try to do something to make it seem like no, 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 we actually want to compete. When in all reality, they're just a completely mediocre team that is just really going nowhere, even though they have Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Yeah. Um, And I think their moves, unfortunately, are going to be a little are going to be too little too late because CJ Krohn, you know, hit a lot of home runs in Colorado. Uh, They know they brought in. uh, I think they brought in uh, Giolito as well to the Mm -hmm. Angels. And I think he got lit up today, if I'm not mistaken, in yeah. his first start, I want to say, with the Angels. <laughs> Welcome so to the I just Angels. think, like, on paper, it looks like, look what we did, look what we did, look what we did. But when you pull back behind the curtain, it's like, yeah, we probably kind of uh, mismanaged just the last few seasons. And now we're paying the price for Koshohei going to walk.
1: Yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, that was my, that was my um, kind of big takeaway on the Angels. Carry on.
0: That's fair. I'll keep reading a couple more. Uh, D, uh, the Diamondbacks acquired Paul Paul Sewald Paul from the Mariners. Brewers got Mark Canna from the Mets. Again, the Mets just blowing it up. Here's the one we got to talk about. Cubs acquire former third baseman from the Detroit Tigers, Jamer Candelario. They count, he, uh, got him from the Nationals. Jamer is back where he started. Congrats to Jamer. And also, he's having a good year. <laughs> Who would have thunk yeah. it? Who would have thunk it? He leaves Detroit and has a really solid year. So, Kudos to Jamer. I know it was never um, always the best with Jamer. Detroit had some pretty high highs, a lot of low lows, some streaky hitter, but he seemed that, to really come through, come to his own, and good for him.
1: I know that a lot of guys like look at look at like a guy like Jamer, look at a guy like Robbie Grossman, um, who who like leave and then are suddenly much better. Obviously, in the in the Robbie Grossman situation, it was like a, a quick adjustment to the path that the Braves were seeing that the Tigers were not. Um, But like Uh in the case of Jamer, like, and, and, and even Robbie, like there, there is something to be said for a change of scenery um, and kind of the potential realization for a player that like, oh, this is, this might be my last shot here. If I don't, Uh if I don't do something, my career is about to peter out um, and, and finding that new motivation in a new place. So. That to be said, again, happy for Jamer. But I just know that sometimes people mm-hmm. look at that, especially Tigers fans, look at that situation and they're like, well, why couldn't we get a – Why? what are we doing wrong? It's like we're probably – we maybe not even are doing uh-huh. anything wrong. There, he just needed that change of, of locker room to kind of come back into his own.
0: It just always seems that when a change of scenery happens for someone leaving the Tigers – And going somewhere else, they always play better. Which, again, leads me back to something you said at the very beginning of the show. I'm starting to believe this organization is cursed. Truly am. It just seems like they always find a way to trip over themselves. And the weirdest part is they're not even wearing shoes. So they can't even trip over their laces. Just terrible. Um, What I would say is, real quick, about Jamer Candelario. uh, The idea that it's kind of like a put up or shut up, like when he went to the Nationals, that very well could be. Because he was kind of in a nice, cozy, comfortable spot of being the Tigers' everyday third baseman for four or five years. They have some negotiation issues. He's got to go. Uh, and then it, for him, it's like, well, shit, I'm going from a pretty bad team to one, an even worse team in the Nationals. You know, the only really step below that is going to the A's. And he, you know, rose to the occasion, got traded to the Cubs, and, you know, he's looking good. Now he'll probably, I'm, if, you know, depending on how he performs I'm playing with Cubs, first base, have a... Playing first base, he'll probably have a couple of suitors going after him in the offseason. He's you know not going to be a Shohei price tag, but you know probably better odds this offseason than he did last offseason. So congrats to Jamer. I, I always liked Jamer. Yeah, sometimes he pissed me off, but overall, when I look back on his tenure being a Tiger, I was a Jamer fan. So I'm glad uh, he's he's with an organization where he can maybe get a ring. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Do a couple more. Diamondbacks, again, very busy. They got Jace Peterson from mm-hmm. Oakland. Royals got Tucker Davidson. That's a no. Who cares trade from the Angels. Uh, Rays acquired Adrian Sampson and Manuel Rodriguez from the Cubs. I'm sure they'll be the next best relievers in baseball for the five, you know, five or six years. Uh, let's see what else do we got here. Let's see here. Right, uh, White Sox got Luis Patino. Rays got catcher Alex Jackson from the Brewers. Yankees got pitcher Spencer Howard from the Rangers. Angels got Dominic Leone from the Mets. Luis, uh, Luis Aris went to the uh, Red Sox. Or yeah, Luis Arriets. I'm guessing or Arriets. I don't know. Definitely not Luis Arias from the Marlins. That's what I thought for a second. And then uh, let's see here. And then of course the one at the very oh Andrew Chafin, former Tiger, went to the Brewers. Marlins got Jake Berger from the White Sox. Yeah, and then of course the big one. I think Justin Verlander going to a Houston Astros. Oh, and Marlon's got Josh Bell and, uh, um, from the guardian. So that was pretty big. I think I think the Marlins are set up for a nice little second half. I really do. I like yeah, that team th- a
1: lot. I, I think they are as well. Um, and like kudos to Justin Verlander who uh-huh. leaves the Astros gets paid. Ends up back on the Astros with a, a decent shot at a world series. Um, and a, a nice little salary increase, courtesy of the Mets. Uh, so yeah. good good for you, Justin. Good for you.
0: Good for Justin. Please, Couple please other come quick to ones. Detroit. Please come to Detroit. Yes, please do. <laughs> uh, Paul DeYoung uh, went to the Blue Jays. And uh, Jack Flaherty went to the Baltimore Orioles. Man, the Cardinals. The thing I take away, the, the three, honestly, biggest thi- things I take away, I think, from this trade deadline, um, obviously the E-Rod thing with Scott Harris the Mets blowing it up, and the Cardinals really get, I mean, Jordan Hicks, Montgomery, Jack Flaherty, yeah. Paul DeYoung, they they sold away a lot of a lot of pieces. This is the first time as long as I can think of it being a Tiger fan, I've seen the Cardinals kind of do a fire sale. Um, honestly, I'm not surprised they held on to Goldschmidt and Arenado, but had they even tried to shop one of those guys, I don't know how active that was of talks, if that was ever really a possibility, but it wouldn't have surprised me based off all the other moves they made.
1: Yeah, and I think I think the the amount of selling the Guardians did was a little surprising to me. Um just because the Central is so bad that uh-huh. you, you don't you don't need to add much to to a decent roster um to make a run at it. Um and so it was a little it was a little surprising to me to kind of see them as active as sellers on the on the deadline as, as they were.
0: I think Bob Nightingale tweeted out uh, that he congratulated the Minnesota twins on winning the AL central because the twins pretty much uh, stayed where they were and everybody else sold in some capacity. And uh, yeah, that's, it's going to be hilarious when somebody wins the AL central. I tell you what, if the tigers were the 2021 tigers, I think they won 77 games that season. I would think right now, there's a chance this team maybe wins the AL Central if this was 2021. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it is not, and uh, there's a real, a real chance that someone who wins like 82 games is going to go to the playoffs, and that's just how it goes. Sometimes it sucks, but them's the ropes. Yeah, a weird, a weird trade deadline overall. Obviously, a lot of moves made that always happens at the deadline. But honestly, outside of I think the Verlander, the Scherzer trades, nothing that like insane to me like Mm -hmm. i we it's not we knew the cardinals were going to go we we knew teams like the rangers the o's the marlins they were going to try to pick up some talent you know the brewers as well um there's not really anything too crazy that i'm like i'm surprised this team didn't make more moves i'm i'm surprised this team didn't do that i mean realistically i think outside the verlander and the scherzer ones those were those were kind of the two big blockbusters i'd say this trade deadline season. A lot of, a lot of, don't get me wrong. A lot of moves were made. A lot of guys um, are going to go help some teams that are definitely going to help. But um, yeah, overall, I guess not a ton of big blockbuster ones this year, minus maybe, you know, two or three.
1: Agreed. All right, Luke. Have a great week. I'll see you in New York in just a few hours.
0: That was ominous. Looking forward to it. Good stuff.